0: To the Essa Rugby Podcast, where we bring you the latest news, updates, and interviews. Get
1: more insights from the Springboks, the, the,
2: the Junior Box, the Blitz Box, our two national women's teams, local competitions, and more.
0: We celebrated International Women's Day on Tuesday. And SA Rugby used the opportunity to shine a light on all things women's rugby in South Africa. Join us as we hear from our women's high performance manager, Lynn Cantwell, and national players, Nolo Sondisoboy and Sizo Solonzi. My name is Zena Isaacs, and this is the SA Rugby Podcast.
3: I'm here with me, uh, Lynn, Lynn Cantwell, all the way from England, or can I say rather Ireland. Yes, um, so Lynn, your position, high performance, manager women Rapping. can you briefly tell us about that position uh what is your role and what do you aim to achieve in your role
4: yeah thanks Essie. and um, so the role has evolved from uh, having a development focus and um, marubi Puzi was in this development role beforehand and in 2019 as as um, peggy sue said SA Rugby shifted the women's game to second mm. strategic priority and as a result of that 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 matched a performance focus. So having a high performance manager, it allows us to put focus in particular on the representative teams, the fifteens and the sevens, um, and how do we how do we build and how do we map towards performing on a world stage. I think very early on in the role, you know, sitting down with Rassi and, and Charles and directed by Yuri, we knew that the development of the game had a lot of work still to do, and yeah. in order for us to map towards having a game that that is here for a long time and continues to build, we need to really fill in the gaps that are there and build what's necessary in the, in the development pathways as well. So it, it's quite a large role, and um, we hope that as time goes on, that team, that women's rugby administrative leadership team will, will mm-hmm. grow to be able to do all of the things that we need to do, but in essence, what we are trying to do is perform at the top. Um, and and build performance, build developments that allows that to happen.
3: Wow. Thank you so much, Lynn. So let's sidetrack a bit from from RAPID, and let's talk about you and your family. I know that you were appointed in the midst of COVID, and so as a result, you were working virtually from UK. So now um, you've um, recently moved to South Africa, our beautiful country. How are you finding it, and how is your family finding
4: it? Yeah, look, it's amazing. For an Irish person who's, summers are maximum 22 degrees to move to summer in South Africa it's been it's been incredible look my kids are two and four and they've had a great time and they're just enjoying all of the vastness of um what's to offer in Cape Town from obviously beaches to mountains to vineyards I understand vineyards and what goes on in vineyards an awful lot more now (laughs) Um, so we're having a great time. Look, it, it's hard to move continents and hard to move countries yes. and not have a family, that's behind you. But you know, Saru have been really helpful, and 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 this group have been really helpful from a from a women's leadership point of view. And we're finding our feet every week. Is a, we're a little bit further yes. into kind of, um, yes. yeah, settling down. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I'm glad to hear that. So,
3: Lynn, um, you're holding a degree in 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 sports and exercise. And as well as a master's degree in physiotherapy, how how important is education in balancing what you're doing? And that as
4: well? Yeah, look, it's it's a great topic, um, and I think one sometimes that's a little bit unique to the women's game mm-hmm. at the moment, um, because often if you're a guy in the rugby structures, you'll go from school, you go into an academy, you'll get a contract, you'll work, you you'll play for a province, for example, and hopefully get representative opportunities. And um, that's rare for, for girls and um, rare for girls and as a result education is a huge part of uh, what you tend to do and you tend to juggle education whether that's school or college or or work or internships or anything else and um, with your rugby and then you, you you go from there so it's a lot of if you want something done give it to a busy mm-hmm. person that's kind of a, a female athletes model, mo- motto um, however, I think the value of that, and in particular my experience as an amateur athlete, I was completely amateur, is that what you connect with and you continue to connect with is your value as a person um, as well as being a rugby player. So mm-hmm. I think when you when you stop playing, for example, you, you don't have that end, mm-hmm. which sometimes you do if, if you haven't a life outside of rugby, which is really important. But I think in particular from a, from a woman's point of view, and I think it's the same with guys, is that if you have an education you're trying to um or or if you're working for example you're you're focusing on something else outside of rugby so that you have the ability to switch on and off because mm-hmm. although rugby is everything to us that are yes. love it and um, yes. it, it's not everything and having perspective around what goes on in the world and learning the life lessons outside of rugby that you can apply to rugby and then vice versa can be really valuable so we um we value education or opportunities to work or do internships in in our our, our programs with Thank the 15th years. and the 7th girls. Mm-hmm. We most certainly want to support them to to pursue things outside of rugby as well as inside rugby to try and just develop mm-hmm. uh, yeah the person as well mm-hmm. as the 2014 player. right yes mm-hmm. to empower young girls.
3: Thank you so much, Lynn. So so I'm uh, looking at your career. You ended your career in 2014. Mm-hmm. Am I right? And and you you, uh, you know under your name you hold the, two six nations titles so how 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 has that ended and then how how did it feel at the time
4: yeah look we i played um for ireland for 13 years and i think at that stage i was quite an intuitive player um that i didn't really look to a process or a plan mm-hmm. i just kind of played because i loved it and i loved the people around me and i loved getting better and um, so i was kind of fascinated by that and fast forward 13 years we we as a group got to the stage where you know, we were trying to break down barriers to our um, whole career. And as a result of that, it galvanized mm-hmm. us as a team. And through that process, because of the different players on our team, we learned how to kind of be masters of our trade. Um mm. And which which equated to, you know, winning the first ever Grand Slam for for the women and, and beating New Zealand in a World Cup and and wow. finishing in fourth, which yeah. has never been done before. So <laughs> that was that was great. Um and I think what we learned in that time is, is the importance of, of of working together, the importance of working through things to get to the other side, um, and the importance of literally owning your trade. You know, yeah. it's up to us as as players to be as good as we can be. Um, and I think that's what we produced on the pitch. But I hope what we role modelled off the pitch was um the ability for us as a group to you know to grow and be strong and to push through and be brave, like Peggy Sue said and to be courageous um, and push through things as opposed to be um yeah be be shy away from them and, and hopefully yeah. we we managed to achieve what we did
3: wow wow and 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 having listened to you with that you know kind of passion what, what what would you say is the game that stood out for you or a match or a game or a tournament that stood out for you during your career
4: um there's probably two moments one is winning the grand slam for the six nations because it took so long um, because it had never been done before, and that was the story of what we'd achieved. Mm. But I think beating New Zealand in a World Cup is always a yes. nice thing to do. Yes. Um, so I think that was probably another pinnacle moment that probably represents globally what we knew that we could do. But, mm. yeah, beating mm. New Zealand and getting a W on the score sheet is <laughs> a nice thing to do. Huh? Yeah. Well, congratulations again on that.
3: Okay, so um, you, we are having two World Cups in one year. And that that must be exciting as well as scary and, and, and nerve-wracking and and I can imagine you know what you're going through with the girls on each and every day when you're going through those those training sessions so tell me how, how prepared are you and your team mentally and, and physically
4: yeah look we have a really important really great management team behind mm-hmm. the girls so Stanley Rumenheimer is the head coach of the 15s and Paul Delport is the head coach of the of the women's sevens and mm-hmm. they have a management behind them which is the team behind the team and they're preparing the girls really really well for that look I, I think the girls know um I, I think the focus for the girls is to try and be the best that they can be this year and we all know that they're on a development journey and um, the the value of having a home world cup is absolutely huge and, mm-hmm. and we hope that Girls, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds are just sitting at home watching CISO play and captain her side in Cape Town Sevens on the 9th of September and watching Cindy and all of the girls um, perform in New Zealand when they walk out to play France in the first game of the, of the New Zealand World Cup in, in October 8th. So I think that inspiration and that mm-hmm. aspiration is really mm-hmm. important for girls to look at them and say, Oh, that could be me, and hopefully that will encourage them to walk outside and and to go and and pick up a rugby ball or ask their teacher, why don't we play rugby in school and and convince clubs to to represent the the girls game well. So I think that's that's the hope and the girls can speak more about that after.
3: Well, yes, I'm I'm so looking forward to that interview. So um, again, How many games can you take? maybe about the matches, the games which are helping you to prepare for this magnificent um, tournament which we're
4: looking towards? Yeah, look, it's it's two busy calendars Mm -hmm. and just like in in summary, we have a a really busy time for the 15th. The Mm -hmm. girls at the moment, they're in, in camps, in forwards camps and kicking camps specifically. And then overall, the full squad camps, we have specialist coaching from from Dion Davins and Dan human who are the Springboks scrum coaches, and Bram van Straten has just started working at it from a kicking coach level. The girls will break then and go into their Premier competition. The, the Premier unions are working really hard to mm-hmm. um, to upgrade the, the com- competition as well. And then we'll go in for, for June, we'll play Africa Cup, that will be here. Um, we'll hopefully travel, that's to be confirmed, for two tests in July, and then hopefully have two tests here in September before the girls jet off. From a Sevens point of view, mm-hmm. then our goal is at the end of April to win the African Cup. We have to win the African Cup to qualify for the Com games. We'll fly hopefully in May time to um, play in the Toulouse Sevens in the HSB Core Series mm-hmm. for a Sevens point of view. And then hopefully play Com games and then obviously the Home World Cup that's here in September. So it's huge, absolutely yes. massive. Yes. And just a couple yes. of players that go across both mm-hmm. programs. So the mm-hmm. management teams are working really hard to manage their loads and make sure we keep them on the pitch and rest them when they when they need to be rested so it's a big undertaking but I think done well with the girls um, we can achieve this yes yeah thank you so much Lynn so so having worked
3: um, um, at in all oh, you know your career in Ireland or in the UK how different is the their structures to ours? And and looking at the background of our players, you know, the the background of most of our players. And so how different is it? And and what do you uh, have to do to make sure that you meet each other halfway Mm -hmm. making sure that you know they're well groomed and getting ready Mm you know for this
4: yeah look I I think the big story the big difference is age and I think the the women's game started earlier in some of the European countries Mm -hmm. Ireland and England and um, have been possibly supported better and and I think then when we look to where we are at we look at what age that that SA rugby women's programs are at so from that point of view, we're behind from a time point of view. But I think we can accelerate that time by good knowledge and good people and good leadership. And I think what we've seen in Saru in particular has been a, a an open door policy and we're pushing on open doors as well at a leadership level. Um, so what that means is we're spending mm-hmm. less time convincing people that women's rugby has a future. Yes. People already see yes. it and there's a huge appetite for it. I've been blown away by the appetite in the provinces and the people here to be so excited about the future of the women's game, whereas usually you're trying to convince people of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that they're the main differences and as I said that's the kind of global stuff but I think what what, what I don't know and what, what I'm working with the girls on and, and talking to people locally about is how do we translate that into a South mm-hmm. African context so mm-hmm. what is it that we have to build that's specific to the girls here to enable them to grow and and develop and, and a program to go and, and hopefully we'll be able to do that. Well, well, thank you. So how do you find our culture, South African culture? How oh, do you wow. find this? It? <laughs> oh, it's cool. Look, it's incredible. I'm learning my phrases as best that I can. Uh, and my kids have started school and hopefully they'll pick up a few phrases and, and put us to shame at home. But look, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the, the diversity, the variety, the, oh my God, just the range of, of different types of cultures that are here and different and uh, drinking wine in the middle of the day <laughs> in the vineyards is quite nice. Uh, yeah. So that's really nice. Uh, and hopefully we can we can learn more and more about it and um, hopefully coax some of my family over here as well to experience it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn. Uh, thank you so much,
3: Lynn, for this um, for this interview. And we wish you and all the girls in, in the South Africa as a nation, we rally behind you and wish you and the girls best of luck for this tournament. Thank, thank you, you so much.
1: one, dances past one, she has the support, she uses the support, there are players already celebrating for South Africa, and they do deserve that try, they may not win, but certainly the Springboks have scored the try of this match, Zinthe Mapupa, terrific, terrific try by South Africa, and it just shows the spirit and the determination of the Springbok side
4: that, they've shortened the defensive line and this is Nadine Ross at her best, gas is one but links up with
0: two supporting player options, offloading play, When you consider the defensive
5: work this team has had to do? Afternoon ladies and gentlemen, and Cindy Boy, our women's captain, it's nice to have you here in the offices, I'm looking forward to our interview, very privileged, very excited.
6: Uh, afternoon everyone and thank you for having me today.
5: Awesome. So, Cindy, let's start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Cindy, off the field, not the player.
6: <laughs> uh, Cindy, it's um, a lady from the village in the Eastern Cape, in a small village that is called Trust Number 3. And in Gunolali, I grew up there and I did everything there. I started at my primary and my high school then. I was, I was a very athletic and active child when I was up a I young, I even now. So um, that's when everything of being me involved in sports started. I was doing like athletics in primary and high school, playing netball. And in my village, the only thing that we have is cricket. So I was also involved in cricket. And I grew up in a big family with uh, love and everything. And um, uh, with the love of my parents, uh, that's where everything started with me being involved in the sport. And I um, also, like uh, I'm a shy person in front of big audience. <laughs> 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 and uh, with me being involved in rugby, some of the things that are helping me the most, and also, um, um,
5: <laughs> so to tell us how. You started playing 2007 rugby right yes. how did that move work from cricket? because you said you play cricket how did it work over to to rugby
6: so in since i was saying that in my village the only thing that we have is cricket so i was playing cricket immediately when i moved to the university of 40 i started to play okay. rugby there so that's where everything started uh, awesome Fortier,
5: 2007 yes gosh and then springbok captain
6: uh so um I played in 14, 2007 and then in the same year I was invited to play for for Border so I played under the leadership of Mandisa William which was the former captain for Border and the Springboks so I played under her and then she teach me a lot of things and um rugby wise and uh, as a leader and that's when I started to love more the game and everything and uh, she taught me how to play rugby and how to be a leader and in the 2010 i was invited in se to join the team and then that's where i also met some of the leaders like Dolima lima and that is a that they taught me a lot about rugby and some of the things mm-hmm. in the game and um i played for border from then until 2018 Yes, so i played uh in 20 2007 and i was just a player like everyone else And I started to develop more love for the game. And um, I played uh, until 2013 when they selected me as the captain for the province. And uh, 2018, when I was leaving a border to Western province, I was still the captain.
5: My word. Oh, what a journey. Wonderful, Cindy. And what difference would you, Cindy Boyer, like to bring to the team?
6: First of all, I will say that I will need to work hard as a player and lead from the front and make sure that um, within my players, when they need me, I'm there, I'm availing myself to assist them them and make sure that I inspire them with confidence. Because I know when you are on the field and you feel pressure and you don't have confidence, you won't get anything. So at least if you have that confidence, it will help you and boost you as a player. And I would also love to live by the values that we set as a team. We have our five values that we set, uh, which is our love, our work, work hard, and um, respect and discipline. Yes. So I would love to live by those values so that our my fellow teammates will also do the same thing. Oh,
5: that's great. Awesome. So 15 years as a player, and how would you say rugby has impacted your life?
6: Okay, um, <laughs> Playing rugby, especially when you're playing for the Springbok, it's like taking most of your time. Like I'll be away from my family for like months. And even if you are playing for the province, it's also taking your time. And I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy each and every moment that I get and with the support of the family that I have. Because my family, like my dad, always uh, tell me that don't worry. If you are there, just enjoy yourself, even if you are not here. But each and every time that I get, I'll make sure that I spend that time with my family.
5: And your books, because I hear you've just graduated,
6: ma'am. Uh, at, be- <laughs> at the beginning, it was tough. I think I missed something. It was tough because I was studying B.S.C. at the, at the University of Forte, and I couldn't accomplish it because I wasn't able to balance everything. But as you grow and you are getting matured, you learn some of the things. That immediately when I move here, that's when everything was so easy for me, like I could balance everything. Gosh,
5: you really do make it sound so easy, right? Studying, family, yeah. two World Cups. <laughs> Preparation for your third World Cup.
6: Uh, it's just seven months away. Gosh. It's not easy. It's just that if you have like people that are supporting you, and then people that are, in, are behind just telling you what to do. Because if it was not about my debt, I wasn't gonna study. And it was about the million coaches that I have. Because each and every place where I was, there was coaches that were looking after I me. Mean, there was players that were influencing me to do good.
5: Oh, that's awesome. Nice. So just seven months away from the World Cup. How are your thoughts about the SA pool and your opponents?
6: I don't want to lie. Our pool is a very difficult pool because we're playing number one in the world and also number three. And it's not like about that. I know if we can just have a positive mind and work hard as now, that will make things here are better for us. And forget about playing number one and forget about playing number three in the world and just implement the work that we've been doing now to make sure that we, we are doing great.
5: Nice and as a team what are your goals going through to the tournament
6: oh uh, we are privileged in a way that we are we have like the coaches that are assisting us we have the forwards coach from the Springbok guys that is helping us and also the um the line coach that is helping us and uh the kicking coach so and with our management that we have, Lynn and our coaches, the whole management that we have, they're helping us. They are there for us each and every time when we, we need them, they are there to assist us. So I think with that, uh, all of that, with the camps that we have, we are in a good uh, track.
5: Awesome. So we won't stay away from the fact that you left cricket to rugby. What do you love most about the game?
6: Ah. Uh, rugby you learn a lot of things as i said that uh, we have five venues that we live and uh, of each years in, in our house uh we we know that we have to love people and uh in rugby they implemented that more and then you know exactly what is it and then hard work whenever you want something if you don't work hard for that you won't get it so um that's what I love about rugby. And I love my crazy teammates that I have mm-hmm. and uh, traveling and having fun with them because so, we are that uh, div- that div- that diverse div- culture that way. We do everything that we feel like doing, like to enjoy ourselves where we will sing as a team mm-hmm. and make sure that we enjoy ourselves. Are we about singing, you know. Cindy? Are we
5: going to ask you to sing? Going to- <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So any last inspiring words for the future rugby players out there
6: i'll say that if you are working hard and you know what you want in life you will get you'll get it so work hard and make sure that you are dedicated to that awesome
5: ladies and gentlemen the vibrant cindy boy what a honor and privilege! thank you very much it's been amazing thank you
1: latch up angle to run into opposition. There's Lacha. Dunk again. Straight into Bethan Lewis. We get the sense that the South Africans would like to play for another 20 minutes because when they're in full flow they are absolutely wonderful and that through Van Rensburg is another try of the highest quality. Fantastic! Brilliant, outstanding, and it's South Africa who end this game, smiling and celebrating.
4: Rose, and wow, you've got it in abundance in South Africa, defending all game, seeming like it was almost hopeless at half time, and yet this second half, they have come out with almost clean slate mentality, go again. Cecil
0: Salonzi, captain of the sevens team. You play both sevens and fifteens. What is the difference, the biggest difference for you between the the fifteens playing and the sevens playing? Um, thank you for
2: having me, Leti. Um I think for me, personally, it's uh, mostly the conditioning part of it. Because sevens, you have uh, a bigger space. There's just seven of you in the field. And then 15s, there's 15 um, players, obviously, in the same field that you play um, when you're playing sevens. And uh, another just something is that um, it's a different game. It's a different game. It has to be quick for sevens. Also, I'm not saying that 15th doesn't have to be quick, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, everything just works a bit, like, 10 times more in um, the 7th school. Is there a different
0: type of training you do for 7th and fifteens? Is there more speed
2: you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, uh how our coach structures it, as it's also dependent on the management, um, so how they want to structure it. But obviously, um, in terms of sevens, because we haven't been in the seven system more, um, we trying to get into that groove uh, more game conditioning in preparation for the Africa Cup. Oh, great. You are a graduate of
0: UKZN, and you are you were an honest student um, you started – actually, Actually, you started playing because you needed a scholarship to go to
2: university. What about that? Um, so I am also an honors graduate. Um, I started playing um, in 2010 when I got to university. Um, at that moment, at that year, um, there wasn't any sports scholarship offered in the university. So uh, when they told me that, okay, in the following year – we're going to be introducing sports scholarships. So in that year, I needed to be serious, start rugby, like find a sport that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna uh, give me those provincial colours or national colours. Uh, at that time, I just was focusing on that um, on the provincial colours, and yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so you started playing when you were in your
0: 20s already. Okay. Do you think there was um, there's a disadvantage for starting later? I know for women, um, the, the ladies don't start playing when they're in primary school. Do you hmm. think
2: there's a disadvantage in starting later? I definitely think there's a disadvantage with that, because um, you get to learn the different type of movements. Um, so in primary school, high school, I used to do athletics, which is an individual sport, so... Literally, I was not relying on anyone besides myself. And then you get to uh, an age group where you're suddenly thrown into a team sport. So you have to adjust now with working with people, the different types of um, mechanics in terms of playing rugby. So I think um, starting later is a disadvantage. But also it just depends how much you want it as an individual because there's not really that much of a gap If you start earlier or later, but also then it's on. You are a beautiful young
0: 29. (laughs) (laughs) Whose birthday is tomorrow? Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) So you have achieved so much already. Where do you see yourself in five or ten years? And do you have any plans what to do with what you experience as a rugby player, or do you want to stop playing rugby and don't want to see rugby again and just want to go into the corporate world? What's your plans going forward? Um,
2: I could milk it and say another World Cup after this one if I get to play this one. Um, so I could milk it. I pretty think I can make it. Yeah. Uh, but also like um, since uh, my qualifications also helped me a lot to realizing those like I would love to work with the development side of um, rugby. So working with the younger kids uh, in terms of uh, improving their skills, making sure that they start early so that they're not at a disadvantage like ours. So um, putting that experience, uh, the experience that I have here, and working with kids also, um, that's where I want to
0: be. Okay, so starting younger, um, we are going to ask some um, the schools to let the ladies play rugby. What will your message be to the principals and the unions to get the ladies at a young age? What what? How how will they, why will they achieve that? So how would uh, the principals... Yes, the principals at school. Start the with the principals at school.
2: Because the principals, you know, rugby is yeah, a, man's a, a man's world. It's so, man's world. So basically just making that um, everybody that's working there... Um, understand that um, it's not just a men's sport. Also, women can play. it, And definitely, if your kids start earlier, it could be an advantage. There's high school sports scholarships. I'm pro-education, so, so there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, sports scholarships. Even primary schools now can start uh, offering sports scholarships. So it's an opportunity for you if I'm convincing a parent also but also it helps in terms of just skills like social skills you get to learn like different uh, type of people because also it's a a team sports environment so there's lots of benefits just outside of the game also okay let's get to the nitty-gritty stuff World Cup
0: 2022 Captain of the sevens, you're not just a player anymore. Now you're the captain. How do you mentally prepare as the lead of the team and the player? And do you have any special rituals? You know, only putting my left sock on first, mm-hmm. never putting my right sock on. And then, so what? What? What will help? What will help you and your team to prepare
2: for the World Cup? Um, you know, it's it's, it's really. Um, a tough position for me, like being captain. Um, I feel like all the stress and stuff, but I'm so grateful for my team, my teammate. Um, we have uh, a lot of people also, that are natural born leaders in the team, so it's, it doesn't make the job so hard. Um, don't need to it as a job because we just work together as one, and also the leadership group is there to help me with any other thing. So um, yeah, we already have like a team ritual. We pray together. We hang together. We have socials as a team just to get to know each other. And I think that bond um, that we creating already in preparation for that World Cup um, is going to help us a lot in terms of understanding each other on the field. So we're transferring that off-the-field stuff to on the field so that we can work better as a team. Right. Okay. Just tell me about a training
0: day. You start, you wake up, you have breakfast, you have your training day. And a normal training day, normal day, not before a game, just a normal
2: mm, training just day. A normal day. I'm at home. Um, obviously, we get um, training programs for from our strength and conditioning. And since um, I'm contracted, I'll just make an example of me. Uh, I don't have any other job. So my job is to train. So I'll wake up. I'm a morning person. So after six, I'm up. Um, go for a morning run, I come back, have my breakfast, I chill a bit, go to gym, do my prehab um, with a little bit of a gym uh, session, and then I come back, have a fill session, uh, and then I'm done for the day. I'm not going to talk
0: about training before a game, yeah, because no, we don't different. want to give away <laughs> our secrets Yeah. Okay, obviously you'll have a lot of people um, assisting, like we've got physiotherapists mm. and team doctors and management. How and important is the is shirt. The, the off-the-field people we never see on the field. Remember, we see you on the field. Mm. But we know if it wasn't for the people behind the scenes, how important are they to
2: you? I say if we didn't have those people, we wouldn't have a team, basically. Like, that's how important they are. And obviously the relationship that they're building with the players, they understand us, they understand the goals, they understand the individual goals, and also incorporating it with the team goals. So they are very, very important for the team.
0: Tell me one funny moment on the the, the field. One funny moment or a a moment that that sticks in your head that you can remember as a before captain, before playing sevens, fifteen, not matter. something that sticks in your Maybe head. Anything
2: that happened. Anything. We were yeah, just honestly. talking about it with so <laughs> <singing> just now. <laughs> so um the, the tour uh, in Twickenham. Um so we were walking as a line and nobody directed us where to go. So we are about to sing the national anthem and we don't know which part of the field is that because they also didn't now send you the captain. So now <laughs> we're walking and everybody's just like where are we going guys, where are we going, nobody's like, we we don't know, so we just decided to just pick a spot, and then, when we're ready, and all formed up, they told us we're in the wrong spot, so we had to move, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, that was, yeah, no,
0: (laughs) okay, thank you very much for being here, and I heard it's your first time in the Pixar office, yeah.
3: You guys so, have
2: like really it's a really nice environment. It's a nice
3: opposite.
0: Any any um inspiring words to young people out there who want to start playing? And I'm not talking about good lays and talking about men, any, anyone? any
2: Um basically God's timing. Um don't give up. Your time will come, it'll definitely come, But you just have to keep working for it and
0: it'll show. The results are sure. Okay, I hope the next time I see you in the office will be with a cup in the hand, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> see so very, thank you for being here and I really enjoyed our little talk and thank good you. luck for the World Cup. Thank
2: you very much. Thank you for listening and please join us again for the next SA Rugby Podcast. For more, click on springbox.rugby or check out our social media channels.